0: I'm Robbie McDonald,
1: And I'm Jordan Lane.
0: We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife.
1: Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD.
0: This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD.
1: While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process.
0: We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife.
1: If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey.
0: Excellent. Nice to see you as always.
1: Likewise, you've got a sort of autumn palette going on, some uh, some burnt <laughs> oranges and tans and browns. You're, uh, you're easing into fall.
0: I'm easing into fall. Yeah, this was the one of the only things that i actually um kept when i you know bought a whole new kind of wardrobe for that supposed thing i was going to be doing and uh uh, i really enjoy it so thank you for complimenting it because i was at the garden store not that long ago um and the girl was like i just love that and i was like oh thank you
1: (laughs) It's, yeah, do you know if that's like a like a vintage piece or is that a newer one?
0: Um, it, it's it is newer. Um, I remember the woman telling me it was a it was a store that used to be on Fourth that unfortunately closed called Middle Sister, and she said it was a, a Portuguese uh, designer um, that they cool. worked with who um, you know worked with all ethical fabrics. Um, they paid their their people <clears throat> living wages to make the garments mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So it felt like well, this is something that I could. I can buy new because I don't usually have most of the things I have or have been previously loved yeah um which is you know better and you are the king of that so you would know
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was just curious because um the sort of block striping on it reminds me of uh, a couple of dresses uh from I want to say early mid 60s that I sold recently uh it Mm. just kind of reminded me of that so I was curious
0: Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. you'll, you'll also be delighted to know that we just happened to pass by the SPCA, uh, thrift store further down Broadway, which maybe you and I could hit up when we go. It's, it's not small, but it's crammed full of things. Lots nice. of little treasures there. And I found like a, a gorgeous pair of Levi's for 15, nice. buck, 15 bucks. And I'm like, yes, um, I just need to get them hemmed because I'm my short little legs. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of. A little bit hopeful, a little bit, not as rested as I would love because full moons just do that to me. So I've mm. just come to accept it. What about you? How are you feeling?
1: Uh, yeah, actually, I'm feeling good today. Um, I didn't, I'm not going to say that I got a good night's sleep last night, but I got a better sleep. Um, but just... The, the bigger thing that I'm trying today, and and who knows, maybe I'll be totally burnt out by 3 p.m., Um, mm-hmm. is, you know, when I wake up, um, like I said, I, I generally wake up quite early in the morning. Um, And if I don't, if I haven't had a good night's sleep, I'll often just kind of stay in bed and try and get more sleep, as, you know, a reasonable person would do. <laughs> but that rarely results in me actually falling asleep or getting any rested or getting any rest or even feeling more rested, even though I've been kind of laying there, because I'm still just like, my body's active, I'm tossing and turning, I'm trying to find this like, mythical, comfortable position, <laughs> to immediately be able to fall asleep from. Um, and of course, that stuff just doesn't exist. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so this morning, I was just like, well, I could try and, and get some more sleep, or I can just like, get up and take my meds right away instead of waiting till nine, like I usually do, mm. and go out and go for a run and just like, get some laundry on and just like try and really just dive into the day. Um, mm. I, I guess kind of treating it like, um, so if you're if you're at the lake or whatever or, or at a pool, you can, like it's unpleasant to go from the warm air and or like if you've just come out of a hot shower, if you're at the leisure mm. center or whatever, mm. it's unpleasant to get your body cold all of a sudden. Like that sucks. I don't like that at all. Mm. Um, and I guess this is kind of like instead of, Getting my little toes in, then getting my ankles in, and taking these little baby steps out until, <laughs> like you know, uh, uh, gets around my crotch area. And I'm like, ha, 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 <laughs> and then I have to like dive in or whatever, and just kind of get it over with. This is just more <laughs> like like just cannonballing into the day. Um, if the day mm. is that body of water, and just just getting past the kind of shock of it. So it's felt like a good start to the day, but like I said, it's only 11. I don't know uh, how long I'll be able to kind of sustain it for. So,
0: (laughs) Oh man. I love that analogy. Is that analogy or a metaphor? I always get those two confused. I
1: think that's an analogy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, I know like, you know, similes and metaphors is, is like, uh, well, the road was like a strip of black electrical tape versus the road was a strip of black electrical right. tape. Yeah. Somebody really always says the like. know it actually like. wasn't that. Yeah, yes. exactly.
0: Um, so yes, that is, that is a really good analogy though. And it's funny because how many people here in Vancouver have embraced this like cold water swimming thing? And I see uh, folks out there with their little wetsuits in like January and stuff, just like hauling across English Bay. And I'm just like, you're crazy. But Crazy using that like not a negative way, so I sure. hope I'm like you know not using ableist language there. But yeah, um, it supposedly um, really stimulates the vagus nerve to do that, and so the, a lot of people are super into it as a means of like um, health recovery and well-being. Um, but I just yeah, I'm kind of with you with that whole like jumping in right away as opposed because whenever I ease in, yeah, it's just like you're just prolonging the inevitable. Well, well, and like... and I
1: feel like if I if I'm not diving into something right away and kind of like getting stimulated, um that, that time in bed where I'm tossing and turning, part of that is physical discomfort, but part of that mm. is also anxiety. Because yeah. the more time I'm I'm not doing things, even if I feel like it's you know, something I'm doing for my own good to try and get more rest and be able to tackle this stuff better. That's also just time that, that the hamster's on his wheel in my brain, um, mm-hmm. turning these scenarios over and over again. Uh, and so it's just like, again, I don't I don't feel more rested. So maybe it's it's better to just get up and, and throw myself into stuff that's stimulating.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so a couple of things I'm going to come back to there. Um, so the crazy thing... Uh, I re-listening and, and when I've been doing the transcripts and stuff lately, I've noticed that I'm still awful for that. I still use crazy all the time. I say crazy person all the time. It's not great. I'm really trying to get better about that. Mm. Um, and, and, but yeah, but I, when I say it, it's always just kind of like, it's, it's this tossed off dismissive way, which is how I'm intending it's used because that's again, how it gets used by, you know, people in society as as a dismissive thing of you know neurodivergent people, disability, anything that's kind of different from the norm is is crazy. So you know, again, um I, I feel like that's, yeah that, that's something I'm gonna try and improve on, um, but mm. I don't I don't have any malice there. that's uh, I certainly don't mean. Um, and then the other thing was you brought up that uh, that diving into the cold water, these English Bay people, stimulates the vagus nerve. Why did you bring that up today, Robbie?
0: <laughs> just because I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about the vagus nerve today because it's on my mind and I've been doing some more research about it. And I had um, a lovely experience just two days ago of um stimulating it like by you know like it's it's connect, very much connected to your vocal cords mm-hmm. so i hadn't realized that one of the things that i was really drawn to uh, in buddhist practice especially was when we would do these kind of chants like you know om mani padme hum, and then you would hold this kind of vibration in your throat and those were some of like the most relaxed calm connected moments i had and i didn't know that there was a physiological reason for that Mm. um, until I started kind of looking into this vagus nerve stuff. And I'm like, oh, so even something as simple as like gargling. I didn't know that. Like, it's almost like, um, like an instant, um, like turning down of the volume of whatever kind of like stress response. Um, And you had sent me some things, and I'm I'm hoping you're going to talk more about them as well, like with around the years and stuff, like the exercises that you were trying. And I, of course, have lost that YouTube video somewhere in my millions of tabs that I've had opened in the last month. But I really am excited about this because, um, especially over the last year, almost two years now of this pandemic we've been living in, all the social issues, all the anxieties, all the things happening Um, if there's a way to kind of tap into this vagus nerve to kind of bring myself to something that even resembles a baseline, I'm all for it. You know, like I've been doing everything I can lady to try to get myself um, calmer, because the anxiety has been slaying me, right. And it's not, I think it's so important that you brought up the just get into things, because that is a big part of where the anxiety lies for me too, is in that just kind of paralyzed state of, okay, well, I need to rest. But then I'm not resting. I'm just sitting here freaking out. So that's not rest. Um, Yeah. But yeah, that really has me kind of feeling encouraged. Um, And maybe it means that I'm going to be walking around like um, all the time. I don't know. Maybe but that's what I need to do. Right. I think
1: that's great. I mean, that's um, I I haven't obviously been involved in like a chanting practice like that. But um, something that that I've. Listen to recordings of before that I think is really interesting is um, do you know about like uh, uh, throat singing like Tuvan or Mongolian kind of um, mm. that kind of stuff?
0: Yeah I, ha- I have seen um, some of the amazing uh, Inuk uh, throat singers at Folk at folk Fest and at a few right, different events. Yes. Yeah like incredible incredible. Yeah, yeah.
1: so um, there's a few interesting things about throat singing for those who aren't familiar with it. Um, so the best kind of comparison I can make is trying to make a didgeridoo sound with your mouth and your throat. Um, and there's a couple of interesting things about it, particularly in like, uh, like I said, the Mongolian and Tuvan versions of it is, you know, there's, there's circular breathing incorporated. Mm. Um, so that's a, a technique that um, uh, wind musicians, sax players, trumpetists, etc., use where you're basically holding air in your mouth to expel through your lips while simultaneously inhaling through your nose. So you're not actually... In theory, you can play like a 20-minute trumpet note if you're really skilled at at circular breathing. But of course, it's mm. a really hard skill to master. Um, and then something else that's really interesting about it is it's one of... There's not that many instances of um, people being able to harmonize with themselves. Um, so again, some of the Mongolian versions of this uh, use basically, you're you're playing one note, quote unquote, with your throat and then holding your your sinus or your nasal passages in such mm. a way that it's creating a different second note that actually harmonizes with the first. So you might be your nose might be playing the note at like a fifth above or whatever um in kind of musical notation terms. So and cool. that's yeah, that that's wild to me. It's just so, so cool. Um, but yeah, so, so all that is a very, very long way of saying that, um, big kind of, uh, uh, groans, really over the top yawns, uh, all that kind of stuff has always been a part of my world, um, and I didn't really ever have, like, a big, there wasn't, like, a, a, a rationale that I was aware of for it, but that could very well be part of it, is just, like, getting these big sounds out especially first thing in the morning when i'm under and tired or again if i do start flagging having that big loud yawn is like maybe a way to help wake myself up um mm. when i do feel like i'm flagging as part of the physiological response to that so
0: yeah i love that and i think that's As human beings, like, aren't we just so incredible and intricate and weird and wonderful, right? Like, we actually have these built-in systems that can help us to calm down, like the parasympathetic system, which is where the vagus nerve, I guess, kind of resides, however you want to call it. It's like the longest nerve in the body, from what I understand. It's what can help us to rest and digest. But, you know, Mm -hmm. um, as a society, we've been more in the fight, flight, fawn, freeze kind of state because we read emails as like existential threats. And then we're like in this like freak out mode, but we don't even realize we have this whole nerve that runs through our body that we can tap into that can take us out of that so that we can respond in a more lucid way. Um, And I wish I had known this, you know, um, there's so many things I'm learning lately that I wish, I wish, I wish, but like, you know, that's just going (laughs) to take me back into the, to the old way of thinking, which I'm trying to move beyond. But yeah, it's just so fascinating to me that you can be, literally sitting in a chair and just like start tugging on your ears or something to take yourself out of that, that mode of the cortisol spike that, um, mm-hmm. like for me, when I get like a cortisol bath, I'm kind of fucked for the day. Like I can't do much else. Like or at least that's how I've been seeing it. But what if yeah. I start now, when that cortisol rinse starts to come over me, like to try to tap back into the rest and digest space, um, and, and get on with it. Right. Instead of, uh, yeah. Spiraling. For lack of a better word, right? I know we've talked mm-hmm. about spiraling on the show before. Um, it's not easy with ADHD to to remember that, though, right? To remember yeah. that there's tools, that there's things to do that can calm us down and take us out of that that place. Um, yeah. Have you Have there, you been uh, using it? The the ear thing. Sending- well, I was
1: just gonna say that um, those tools are kind of like I was talking about um, uh, not realizing that my friend, in fact, had a dishwasher when I was cleaning up. And yeah, it's just those; those are the first things to go a lot of times. Or like you get stressed out. I think John brought this up too when he was on, and and the first thing that you forget is your tool um, mm. that, that you have. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I've solved this problem before. Um, so yeah, so, uh, what Re- Robbie was referring to there was, um, this video that I passed on to her a while ago that I got from my friend, Brooke. And Brooke is the person that, um, introduced me to, uh, somatic therapy and mm. some of the other kind of mind body stuff. Um, so she sends me material about that stuff once in a while. And, uh, yeah, so she sent me this, this article, um, or it was a video, I think, um, where this woman was talking about uh, stimulating your vagus nerve using this kind of series of ear massage and stretching and tugging exercises. So just kind of pulling on your lobes, pulling on the sides of your ears, um grabbing the little I don't know what the little kind of nubbin that goes yeah. inside your ear is, what is called that thing? But grabbing those things and kind of <laughs> turning them. I don't know. I if if I could remember what you called the piercing, I could probably work backwards them from there to figure out what the body part was called. But I can't get my my brain fingers on either right now. Um, and yeah, and so speaking of brain and fingers, uh, uh, <laughs> temple massage, um, mm. these kinds of yeah, uh, rubbing the, the 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 part of your skull behind, directly mm. behind your ears, all those kinds of areas there, and just kind of basically stretching your ears in pretty much any direction that the flesh can move and then massaging the kind of accompanying areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I tried this exercise and I was really surprised, um, pleasantly surprised by how good I felt after doing it. I felt a little bit more awake. Um, I certainly felt calmer. Uh, Now, of course, I don't know, I don't have the, you know, kind of knowledge to distinguish between, is that an effect of this or is that just an effect of like, you know, doing massage and, and that kind of self care for myself, kind of self care stuff for myself, hmm. because I don't do very much of that stuff, frankly. Right. Um, but yeah, I did think it was uh, a super interesting thing. Um, mm-hmm. Before I kick it over to you, one more thing I should have, we probably should have said up top of course, is that we have a layman's at best understanding of all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. We are a couple of people with Google and our own experiences, but nothing that you hear today should be in any way taken as uh, medical advice or professional or, you know, trust that we have done our best to vet this information. But like I said, we're not scientists.
0: Exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. Because yeah, it says right in our show intro, (laughs) we are not experts. Like we're folks with lived experience and Google. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it's so cool that you 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 bring that up because now that I've lost it, but I, I still remember the little ear nubby thing. And I was on a Zoom call I, I want to say about a month ago. And you know how I've been having these kind of migraines lately. Um yeah. it's related to hormones and stress or whatever. Um, but I was in the middle of the Zoom call and it was, you know, gonna potentially lead to some money, so I couldn't bail and I could feel um, the migraine coming on. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I think we've talked about it before, not necessarily, but like for me, a migraine starts with this really strange kind of almost crystalline aura around my eyes. It looks like my eyes are kind of about to be um, flooded with uh, like a, like a fluid that has all these little dots in it and it starts and it. And then, and then it kind of goes into this sort of funnel and it makes it really hard for me to see. And I get incredibly nauseous, I get vertigo, and then I get a blinding headache that lasts for about two hours. Um, So I could feel the migraine coming on. And I thought to myself, what if I just turn my camera off for a second and just kind of put my ears in where those little weird nubs are inside your ears? And I started doing that and, and just kind of massaging and massaging and breathing really deeply. And I did that for about two minutes and I could feel the aura start to recede and the nausea start to go down. And I don't know what the science is exactly behind this. I'm sure there is a lot of it. Um, But for me, that was really pivotal because generally when I get a migraine, um, I have to like lie down. Sometimes I throw up. Um, I can't talk like they, they just overwhelm me. Uh, So that was, I mean, I wasn't ideal, like, I don't think I was able to contribute in that conversation as best as I could. But at least I wasn't vomiting on camera, or like passing out or whatever. Um, So for me, that was like, yeah, really incredible to know that I had that little tool right there, just in my ear. And my ears are a source of stress for me anyway, because all the hearing loss stuff, right? So I sometimes get angry at my <laughs> ears, <laughs> this resentment against a body part. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know, there there probably is some science behind that, that, w- that could be explored better by somebody who is an actual expert in these things. But I just thought that was like, mind blowing that I could that I could manage a migraine like that. Yeah, um, yeah, because I don't like having to take I've never taken like prescriptions or anything because it's only been recently that I started getting them, and I don't want to add another pill to my already busy pill cabinet. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so I just did a quick uh, a quick Google. Speaking of us being two people with Google, mm-hmm. and the little nubbin part is apparently called the tragus. T r a g u s. Yeah. The
0: tragus. Screw Vegas. Let's play with the tragus. I don't even know why I'm saying that.
1: because it rhymes and that's funny (laughs) you're recognizing patterns
0: hey right um but yeah it's nice to know i i'm hopefully we're going to put that video in the show notes so folks will have access to that too because i think it's so important um i've been talking to a few different people lately who are really kind of focused on that like you know medicine has its has it is wonderful and we need it Um, but it also kind of has its limits especially when it comes to the kind of day-to-day things that we can do for ourselves to to calm ourselves down and uh, not feel like uh, we're falling apart did you see that I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram somebody posted it it was was a meme that just like made me laugh so hard because it was like 2007 look it's the iPhone it can do everything and then it was like 2021 stare into the black rectangle of death and watch the world burn it was just like yeah that's kind of (laughs) it
1: (laughs) I did not see it. I actually haven't been on Instagram in a while. Um, And partly because of, because of that, it's just like, it's weird. Um, You know, Twitter is, is the endless uh, loop of, of negative stuff if you want to see it. But Instagram is actually the app that makes me feel bad about myself. (laughs) Isn't that strange? It is
0: weird. Yeah. It's interesting how each app will kind of affect us differently, right? Because like Instagram, I feel like maybe it's because I have things I can play with now and I don't, I've actually stopped caring what people think of me on there now. I used to kind of scramble around trying to get people to like me, but I've stopped. Um, and so now I'm kind of using it in a way that feels right. But where I go, when I go on Twitter, I feel like I'm just not being smart enough or clever enough or like engaging mm. enough. And and like it's funny that we have that kind of like opposite way yeah. because I'm like the Instagram, what I like, I'll throw a photo up there. If you like it, great. If not, fuck off. Like I just, it's like, I've kind of come to a good place with it. But yeah, I always feel insecure on Twitter. Like everything that comes out of my mouth or my tweet or whatever is just dumb and banal and mediocre. And I just, yeah. But I'm sure I'm good at consuming content on there, which is why I block it on Tuesdays and like, right. yeah, took it off my phone because I just, yeah, self-esteem, a self-esteem basher or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was in there a little bit last night because of the election.
1: Right. Of course. <sighs>
0: Status quo, thanks, Justin. Wasting. Well,
1: I will say um, the ousting of Edmonton's Kerry uh, mm. uh and his seat being taken by NDP—that's that's a good little upshot. But I don't think it's a six hundred ten million dollar upshot.
0: No, um, and you know, I would have liked to see people like Paul Taylor get a seat in Toronto. He's amazing—the guy who started uh, Food Share. He's just like this incredible person. And so, yeah, I would have, you know, and the person I voted for here in. Vancouver Quadra Um, she's a union organizer and she was one of the ones who like really um, kind of brought the hotels back to the bargaining table and like she's like young she's Filipina she's amazing Um, and she didn't really stand much of a chance against the liberal candidate who's been around for a long time but yeah it was um, I watched a little bit of it last night like we looked at the maps and stuff and you know we're looking at the blue sea of Alberta going really like aren't you guys mad at the conservatives
1: (laughs) I I think that all the people who – I think that there's a lot of people who are mad at Jason Kenney and mad at the conservatives but um, would still never not vote for them because they perceive even the very milquetoast basically conservative in themselves liberals as like – a huge threat uh, mm. to freedom or whatever. Um, but yeah, I when I was kind of looking at, at the, the seat changes in Alberta, mm. um, cons lost about 14%. Uh, NDP gained nine and um, PPC had, I wanted to say about five to 8%. So you can <sighs> see like, yeah. it's some, some like the people that really are sick of, of the UCP and, and the, the cons federally, being, you know, not reactionary enough. Mm. Um, that that group went over to the PPC. I suspect there's also a lot of people that consider themselves um, kind of libertarians, mm. uh, but vote typically conservative for economic reasons. Now that they have something that kind of fits their their ideology a little bit better, some of those votes probably went to PPC too. But yeah, I'm just like, I I I, I couldn't have seen a different outcome. I didn't think it was going to be an NDP flip. It certainly would never be a liberal flip in Alberta. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's still just like, it, it's just, this whole thing has just been such a, a waste of time and energy. I feel like for, for yeah. everyone involved.
0: and just causing another layer of unnecessary stress, right? Because, yeah. you know, my sister studied political science at Western and, you know, now she's into media and communication. So she's like eyeballs deep on this stuff. Um, and, and, Yeah, she was. we were just talking about the fact that this was one of the few elections where people were like, they got kind of seduced into the idea of voting strategically because people who have, you know, the idea that maybe we are responsible for one another and we're not just like every person for themselves, fuck you, um, that they were nervous that we would end up with, you know, the Conservative um, coming in and sort of dismantling all the things that have happened over the last few years in terms of social safety nets. Um, So, yeah, it's... uh, you know, for if you're listening to us from other parts in the world, Canadian politics can sound a little bit dry and boring, but um there is a lot going on right now. There's a lot there is a rise in um, some pretty fringe, frightening ideologies. And we actually got right in our in our mailbox. This is shocking, actually. I don't know if you knew about this, but they the PPC candidate who are kind of like as far right as you can get and like, pretty fringy um, and they're led by a guy who doesn't believe in like masks or vaccines and he's out there, but um, they slipped right under her door. It was a photo of um, kids from a residential school and they had managed to somehow do the mental gymnastics to say that having a vaccine was similar to that. I don't even know how they could do that. I don't know what kind of brain can make that kind of connection to the sort of collective trauma that happened to indigenous people in this country and getting a fucking vaccine. I was, like, furious. Like, I wanted to, like, scream when I saw this. And, of course, it's this like, 30-year-old white woman who thinks she's, like, somehow being, like, what? Like, I just, like, yeah. Um, and there was a big outcry. And, you know, she may face some kind of, I don't know, legal challenges because of that. But Right. Um, <laughs> they were really sneaky this election, too. I was getting text messages. I actually, I'm not proud of this, but I told a text bot to fuck off. Because I was yeah. just like, so can you not text me at 9 o'clock at night with your conservative crap? Like, seriously, how did you even get this number, get bent? And then afterwards, I was like, was there a person there or was that, like, an automated <laughs> thing? So I felt kind of bad, like, maybe I was uh, – because a lot of people have said this is the ugliest election we've had in a long time, like, the things that it has brought up, the anger people are feeling about the ongoing pandemic and how it's been handled differently, you know, and – I feel bad for folks in Alberta the way it is it's played out just because things opened up too quickly, you know. Yeah. Yep. Uh sorry Jordan. I hope I'm not.
1: No, that's okay. Yeah. Um yeah, no, it's uh uh shoot, I had something I was gonna say about that. Um I have forgotten what it is now, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh it's it's been not great to kind of see um uh oh that that's what I was gonna say. Um so what's interesting to me though actually following up this election and seeing that the PPC polled typically between like 5 and 12% um mm-hmm. uh in whatever district they had candidates running in um obviously the like 11 and 12%s were of course all like Calgary midnapore Calgary Signal Hill mm-hmm. um it's just this is the heart of that shit but what's what's interesting though is that um I think that the medias constant following of this stuff of these fringe candidates of these hospital protests all that kind of stuff uh uh leads the population at large to believe that these beliefs are actually held by a larger portion of the population than they are because you know like it, it it feels scary when there's that many people but then when you see that like Oh, they got five percent of the vote. Like that's not that many people, mm-hmm. but their voices are just amplified and centered so much. Um, you know, in a kind of if it bleeds, it leads media. Yeah. that that you kind of it, it 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 doesn't take well to like you know developing trust with your fellow citizens mm-hmm. um, if you believe that they're all a uh, uh, fringe. Crazy people. There's that word again. Uh, <laughs> they have fringe political beliefs. Let's say that. Fringe ideologies.
0: Right. Um, it's funny because when we were looking sort of at the numbers last night, you know, in, in our neighborhood, 45 people um, voted there. And and I think I know exactly who those folks are because there's this this <laughs> like defiant restaurant down on Cornwall where she's all like, no, you can never wear a mask. Like you're oppressing us. Whatever. God. I'm not even going to say the restaurant's name because I don't want to platform them. But um, yeah, I know like exactly that little cluster of like, you just need vitamin D. Those those are the folks. Um, anyway, yeah, you know, whatever.
1: I think that same restaurant actually came up on another podcast I was listening to this morning. So mm-hmm. small world. Another yeah, Vancouver-based one.
0: Right, she's she's very loud. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, political stuff aside, I think I was. Somewhat relieved not to be waking up to a conservative government this morning, um, even though it is, you know, like you said, it was a massive waste of money and time and and energy. Um, But here we are, you know, hopefully.
1: Yeah. And it's just it's especially frustrating when, you know, Serb has been cut off because, you know, obviously that's that's fucking too expensive. But we can spend six hundred and ten million dollars on an election like fuck that. The Serb would have been a way better use of that money. Like there's there's no argument there. Yeah. Um, Mm hmm. But yeah, uh, so to return to kind of Vegas nerve stuff, um, I was doing a little bit of reading about it uh, yesterday and today, and a few things that I found kind of interesting about it. Um, So we've talked a little bit before about both of us having really kind of sensitive stomachs. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a little bit about the link between some ki- some types of neurodivergence and uh, different kinds of um, digestive issues. Mm-hmm. So people with ADHD and autism are more prone to having things like GERD, uh, which is uh, gastric reflux, mm-hmm. um, IBS, all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's even something where, like, I, I come back to – as a kid, I, I think about like there was an enormous um amount of ear infections relative to a regular kid, which again associated with ADHD. Mm-hmm. But then my stomach was just like I was always nauseous, I was always mm-hmm. feeling sick to my stomach, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, and so there's this really interesting kind of vagus nerve slash gut connection um that I think is is really cool and kind of worth exploring and something that i thought was interesting about that was that the historical name for the vagus nerve was the pneumogastric nerve um which if my my medical pig latin here i think that means it it controls the stomach it's like pneumatics and and mm. gastric um and yeah and, and so there's there's this parasympathetic uh, control element of the heart and the lungs and the digestive tract That's associated with it. And, um, you know, so the vagus nerve helps control, uh, uh, your stomach's digestion, peristalsis, all kinds of things. And so that I think that that's an interesting kind of angle to explore, um, Mm -hmm. for me is, is when I am feeling nauseous, um, you know, my instinct is always to just like take off as many clothes as is socially acceptable and like find the coolest place to lay down for a while. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe I should start incorporating, uh, vagus nerve stuff into that as well. Some of those ear stretches.
0: Yeah. Because I mean that, like that, that migraine incident that I had that it took the nausea like way down for me. And I mean, I, I literally have like mint growing on the balcony and I'll sometimes just munch on it because yeah, I'm super prone to that too. And as a kid, ear infection, same thing. Always had a puke bucket in the back of the car. I was always getting car sick. Right. Um, and (laughs) and it even happened I remember one time i think it was during vif or something i over scheduled myself i was at a vif event and at the time i was involved with women in film so i was presenting a film and so i presented the film at the theater And then I had decided I needed to go to this other event that was some kind of networky, I I don't know, schmoozy, whatever. It was like a bunch of graphic designers. And so I go running off to this thing before I finish the other movie. And because I overwhelmed myself, I got, like, really dizzy and vertigo. And so I was lying down on this brush concrete floor surrounded by all these hipster, like, people that I didn't know. And I didn't know at the time. It was probably, like, I just everything was just kind of shutting down. And if I had been able to do the ear thing, I might have helped. But instead I just lay there on the floor and then I became outraged that nobody was coming to see if I was okay. It was like, like there's this lady lying on the floor. she like, everybody was just like drinking their craft beer and just talking. (laughs) It was just like, there was the most normal thing in the world that this woman was doing that. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, having that, that, that ability to do that. Um, because you know, I could have been a poster child for gravel for huge of my life and i used to always have to have ginger i don't know if you remember this that i stuck like i do (laughs) i was always chewing on ginger because i was always nauseous
1: i was actually i just remembered that um as as you were talking about the mint thing there because i was like oh i bet robbie still chews raw ginger too um because i I Mm -hmm. thought of that specifically the time that i remember um clocking it the first time was was when we were in vancouver and we had, the night before, gone out and had that huge, fuck-off, big pasta meal. I don't oh, know if you remember I this. do
0: remember that. I can't remember the name of the joint. Somewhere on Hastings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had this. We went to some, like, you know, um, enormous plate for $11 kind of thing with um, uh, Myron and I think, was it Randy?
0: I'm trying to and remember. his
1: wife, whose name escapes me right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, and then Robbie the next morning was was having some raw ginger.
0: <laughs> I probably just had it in my purse because I would just carry it everywhere with me. <laughs> It's so weird, this little thing of ginger. Um, but I no, I haven't actually had to do that for a while. My stomach has, nice. aside from my kind of upset this sum- this summer with whatever that E. coli and all the hormones and all this stuff, it has actually been pretty good. Um, we use ginger for cooking now, um, but yeah. It is interesting that like that whole because it's all connected, right? And like
1: mm-hmm. if you can
0: get your gut to just calm the fuck down for long enough to be able to process the food that you're eating, and you know, I think it really just makes such a huge difference, right? And overall well-being. And I know there's, you know, a lot of different studies being done, and it just seems like the vagus nerve has become a little bit more of a focal point. I saw it on another mm-hmm. ADHD podcast. Was, they had the, some expert on there doing actual exercises. Gosh, I can't remember the name of the podcast. Sorry, um, but yeah, I'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll fields. have to look that up again because I, I I thought it was quite valuable what they were doing there, um, and it's yeah, it's uh, it's all connected, right? Um, but it's it like you you were saying before, like you forget that you have these tools to actually calm yourself down and help. But if you can remember, then woohoo! <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally. You know? Um so speaking of those tools, um, a few other kind of uh uh vagus nerve stimulation things. Uh holding the breath for twenty to sixty seconds, mm. um doing a, a cold water splash or dip on your face, mm-hmm. um coughing, a big cough is another kind of uh um I guess like not speech, but like sound generating, vibration generating kind of thing. Mm. Um, gargling was mentioned earlier, and for that to be effective, you really kind of got to do it until it just feels like you can't physically gargle anymore. Mm. Um, and then the other one is is just kind of bearing down on your stomach, like you're like you're trying to make a big number two. Um, mm. just, just kind of bearing down that way again. That's that really um, you're 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 compressing or activating i guess those nerves in your stomach and then that makes its way up to your brain that's that kind of that kind of gut brain connection again um and yeah uh something else i kind of wanted to talk about a little bit that i thought was interesting was um uh vns uh using like a a, a a stimulating implant that provides like a current stimulation are you aware of this at all no
0: what is vns and what is this Magic.
1: <laughs> uh, so VNS is vagus vagus nerve stimulation. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It, I guess it was first kind of implemented in the late '90s. Um, but basically, it's it's kind of like a uh, like a pacemaker, but um, instead of sending electrical impulses to your heart, it sends electrical impulses to your vagus nerve. Uh-huh. Um, and so it's been used to control seizures in epilepsy treat or epilepsy patients um people like me that have uh you know um treatment resistant depression mm. uh, that's another kind of end use of it um there's apparently a non invasive version of it being developed but hasn't really come around yet um and yeah a- another one that i thought was interesting and this might be relevant to a number of people in my life who are musicians <laughs> um uh tinnitus apparently something uh. that can be uh the symptoms of which can be relieved with um uh vagus nerve stimulation, including this kind of, um, electro stim version of it. But yeah, so mm. I was, I was reading about that this morning and kind of thinking about like what I want the vagus nerve pacemaker put in. <laughs> and I'm really not sure. Mm. Um, and, and it's interesting because it's kind of touted as like, uh, something that can help with people who, cause it's only been really applied in children so far. Um, but apparently, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, brought up as an option for people who want to try and control things like ADHD without the use of drugs, mm-hmm. um, but that to me, it doesn't seem any less invasive or whatever the kind of um, uh, reasoning would be to not want to use drugs. Like you're, it, it's just a different mechanism. Like mm. drugs put chemicals in your brain, but. Those those chemicals are turned into electrical impulses. Like that's that's what happens, and this is just directly giving electrical impulses. So yeah. I don't I don't see the kind of um, why why VNS would be preferable to drugs. But I think it's interesting though, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and and just kind of one more thing about that uh, that has also been um, it, it it's noticed that that the VNS stuff vagus nerve stimulation of any kind uh, because of that gut link also helps with things like, um, overeating, Mm. uh, and, and there have been cases of vagotomies, people getting their vagus nerve removed, where then those patients do, uh, are, are suddenly prone to excessive eating. Hyperphagia is, I guess, the clinical term. Uh. Um, so it, you know, that's pretty obvious right there then that, that nerve plays some role in, conveying satiety mm. um, uh, you know as well as other digestion elements and yeah, and I think it's interesting that like if there is a link between um your vagus nerve kind of not functioning as well as a neurotypicals person, neurotypical persons quote unquote mm. and having things like ADHD, autism, etc, like like that that would explain a lot if if yeah. the thing that helps you regulate all of these things, um, around your fight or flight responses, around your satiety, your kind of body awareness, that would make sense if that's also something that doesn't work the same way, um, Mm -hmm. in neurodivergent people. So,
0: yeah. Yes. Like a million times yes to all of that. Thanks for, um, for schooling me on that too, because I didn't even know about, you know, this like electrical current stimulation thing. (laughs) It does sound a little bit like, Almost dystopian in a way, but you know, I'm sure uh, there are people who are actually benefiting from it. Um, but yeah, that's so interesting that this one nerve in your body can just like have such a profound effect on every aspect of your life, you know? Um, and yeah, we didn't, for whatever reason, that didn't get developed enough when we were kids, or it didn't grow, or we didn't, we couldn't tap into it. Um, yeah, like I don't know if you saw um, the, the thing that I wrote yesterday, speaking of like cannonballing, I finally like sat down. No, I haven't
1: actually read that yet.
0: Okay, so I finally wrote like 1,100, 1,200 words on my ADHD discovery and a little bit of reflecting on my upbringing and background and why it was. And really basically just, I didn't even, wasn't even out of the birth canal before some shit was happening with me, right? So um, it just makes me wonder like if that's part of why that didn't develop properly for me is a, like the trauma that my mom experienced in childbirth of having someone stick a needle in her hip when she didn't want it in the middle of a contraction and then getting an infection and us being separated. Um, So I probably would have been bottle fed for a little while instead of having my mother's milk. Like all those things I think probably contributed. Um, So it it is really interesting to have that awareness now and say, okay, so how can I tap in and like get more more, um, familiar with this like, kind of sexy nerve that runs through our body that can actually help us to digest and think more clearly and like feel calm. Um, know when we're full. Cause yeah, that's often been an issue for me too. It, I'll just, especially when I'm nervous, we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. I'll just keep shoving shit in my mouth so I don't have to talk. <laughs> um, yeah, but I've been planking lately. I just started planking. Oh, nice. Yeah. To try to like build my, my core. Muscles, so I could hold my bones better. Yeah,
1: yeah. That was that was the biggest thing for me about like um, uh, starting to do body weight stuff in lockdown instead of lifting. Um, and just sort of what what I've really enjoyed about that stuff the most is. Um, Doing the kind of stability and flexibility stuff like the bridges, mm. like doing um crow stands, handstands, all that kind of stuff that's something that I really take a lot of pleasure in now. Um, and and yeah, and so I think that that's like. A really, I really, I can relate to what you're saying. I guess mm-hmm. uh, is what I'm trying to communicate here. So I've started
0: doing this whole thing where I'm like, I'm doing like a low plank like this, and I'm like, I am strong one, I am strong two, and I just like say nice. it over and over again because I'm trying to send that message to my brain that I'm so much stronger than what I, than what I realize, right? Um, and the, by building up that, and maybe that will help to help me to access the vagus nerve more if I'm more aware of what's going on here in my diaphragm. Because, man, yeah. that planking will sure make you aware of your diaphragm. Whew.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I got uh, <clears> a little too big for my britches regarding my strength the other day. And I was just like, I, because I, I do, so something that, that I've been very proud of that, you know, at a lot of different weights and body shapes, I've been able to, I've kept my legs strong enough that I can still usually do pistol squats. So like a one-legged squat where you kind of extend your wow. other leg forward. and I got very, very cocky the other day and I was like, I wonder if I could do a pistol with holding two 25 pound dumbbells. Like, I wonder if I could do a pistol with 50 pounds of weight attached. No, I I couldn't get anywhere with that. I was down to the floor like ASAP and like, yep, okay, we'll we'll try with like a pair of 10s next time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, hey, I can do this thing. You know what? I'm going to become an expert at that thing and I have to like do it like the best that anybody's ever done it instead of just like, hey, this is I can do this thing
1: right i'm gonna go hard mode on it right right away
0: right like after my little like um lynn valley experiment i was like oh yeah he was kind of joking and he was like um gross grind next and i was like yeah and then i was like no no what am i even thinking right this is so (laughs) funny that i want to like go hard right Uh, i don't know if that's an adhd trait where it's like we get a little inkling of something and then it's like i want to do it all the time and like hyper focus on this and
1: I think it's definitely part of it that that kind of hyper focused interest, uh, mm-hmm. and especially I find for me that that is that is much much likelier to happen if it's something that I'm pretty good at right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really those kind of early rewards really get my interest up, um, and and so that's something where like yeah, well improv is a perfect example. Like I did it yeah. a long time ago. I took a very long break. And then it was like, oh, I'm still like pretty good at this, even without having done any for like 15 years. Um, and then so I just got really, really into it and wanted to do it all the time. Because, mm. you know, I'm good at it. It's an instant feedback loop of laughter as this kind of social, social reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and and yeah, and so those, those two things, approval from strangers yeah. and being able to recognize that I'm good at something. Those those two things go a long way towards like maintaining my my interest in an activity. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that I love that the instant feedback. And yeah, if you have a glimmer of that, hey, I'm going to be good at this, right? Um, that's why I like writing. It's so interesting. Like that, I'll deny mm. it to myself for so long, and then like literally sitting down yesterday, I had one. I've got like a small little contract of. It's more or less editing. It's not really writing. I'm just re- rewriting basically is what it is. But anyway, I was like warmed up by doing that work. And then I was like, okay, today's the day I'm going to write the Patreon essay. <laughs> and I just like, tick, 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 and it all just kind of like came out in an hour. And then I just felt so much better about myself afterwards. Like, and yeah. I, and I know that about writing, like when I actually just do it, I always feel better, but then I deny it myself and I'm stubborn and then I make excuses or whatever. Um, but Yeah. It isn't like, a, there isn't the feedback yet because you haven't seen it. And it's just been like living, um, in an air table, little, I made a little extra tab for it and everything. then I felt proud of myself cause I figured out how to do that. Nice. Air Table's super intuitive. It's not like a big skill to do that, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it was just kind of nice to kind of get back to that part of myself that I think I've been feeling pretty separate from,
1: yeah. you know? Well, I think there's a couple things at play there. So so one of them is obviously, as you said, um, uh, just getting some writing done. That that in itself is its own reward. It feels good. Mm. You can look usually look back on something. And even if it's not the greatest thing you've ever written, there'll be like a couple lines or like a particularly evocative phrase where, you know, even if you scrap that piece of writing, you can still kind of, quote, strip it for parts and, mm. and use those little interesting bits in something going forward. Um, but I honestly, I think that part of the feeling that you had may have been more because this is this has been something you've been wanting to do for a while. And even though there's no external pressure from me, from the audience, from from anyone, it's probably something that has been in the back of your mind just fucking gnawing at yep. you for the last couple of months. Because mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I get that way about shit that completely doesn't matter too. And it's so it's just like... I know that I'm going to feel better, just just like this morning, just getting up and doing stuff. I know I'm going to feel better if I just get the fucking thing done, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's so hard sometimes. So, you know, I'm trying to kind of bridge that gap by, you know, if, if yes, it only took an hour to write this, but you've been thinking about it for three months or whatever, then it took three months and that's, that's fine. Like that's, that's how long the thing takes. And I really, really believe this about myself that the writing goes fast when I sit to do something because I've been writing it in my head for like a while. Yeah. Usually, when I sit down to do something like that, mm-hmm. so you know. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I just think that it's interesting that that probably a big part of your good feelings were just in opposition to the bad feelings that no one but you had been giving yourself about this. Like, it's, it's been, you've been giving yourself a hard time about it. And again, I just, I recognize that I'm so prone to the same shit. Just beating myself up about stuff that I haven't finished yet, that mm-hmm. do, it doesn't matter. It does not fucking matter. Um, and, and nobody but me is on me about this stuff, but I'm all over me. <laughs> right,
0: me too. And I even have like, holy shit essay from... When did I write that? Probably in August or September on my whiteboard. And then I just left it there with like all these little asterisks and things around it. Right. So every day I was
1: totally seeing
0: it, knowing that I wasn't doing it. Um, Yeah, but I did. So um, and it is like a super first drafty. I may need to edit it. But at the same time, I kind of in line with our show's brand that the writing be raw too, Um, you know, and and not overly finessed. Um, But if there's any part of it that you feel is just not making any sense, I do get I go I go there in some pretty intimate ways. So. Um, but it was nice to connect with that part of myself that likes doing that again. Um, and, but I know we're kind of getting, um, short on time and I know you've got to, um, make a trip to the airport. There's two things I kind of want to mention that I'm super excited about. Can I?
1: Well, that's, that's up to you because, um, I think I know what you're talking about here. Mm. And, uh, we kind of teased it a little bit last week. Um, so you can either confirm that or, you know, maybe we can just drop it on people as a surprise, but, um, I don't, Mm. I don't want to get in the way of you Mm. getting, uh, some, some dopamine from, from, (laughs) uh, flexing a little bit about something. (laughs)
0: Um, well, the thing is I can't even really flex about this because it's such a wonderfully, um, well, it's beautiful because it has to do with community, right? So as Baldo had mentioned, um, to um, Vimalasara, who's a teacher at the Buddha Center. Um, some folks may know her as um, Valerie Mason-John. She's a very well-known um, Black activist in the UK um, and a writer and um, a Buddhist teacher. She's a really lovely human being. And Isolde mentioned to her that you and I started this podcast about ADHD, and she happens to be good friends with Gabor Mate. Um, so when he just mentioned it, you know, as a, this is what Robbie's up to, she was like, oh, I'll, I'll hook you up. and And I didn't think that anything would actually come of it but as it turns out um she did email him after she had listened to the show and um talked to him about what we're doing and he has agreed to come on our show in january so in january after things have kind of settled he's very busy right now um we will be chatting with gabor mate on holy shit i have adhd and it does feel a little bit it won't be real until it's actually happening for me but it does feel exciting to be able to share that with people that. Um, that this is like, this is what I love about life sometimes is you don't even know that something wonderful is going to happen and you just, you know, let people know what you're doing and something wonderful happens, right? So yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to that because Scattered Minds has been huge for me. It's helped my mom a lot. Um, it helped her to tap into some memories that she had forgotten about that helped me to understand my brain more. Um, so yeah. I'm so grateful to his work for that. Um, yeah. So that'll be pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm very excited for that. That's that's a huge get. And as I said in, uh, I can't remember if it was the email or text that I sent you, but um, thank you again for for taking that initiative to do that. And then, you know, for being so persistent, because this has been kind of in the works, and obviously is still in the works if it's not happening till January, but for like a few months now, you've been kind of... Uh, not, you know, beating down this person's door, but, but you know, following up about it and all that kind of stuff. And I know that that's not easy as an ADHD person mm-hmm. to both follow up on anything, but also to um, kind of approach people over and over again when you're not sure if they're like endeared to you or not. You know, it's just strangers and you're worried about like, oh, am I being annoying by asking about this again? Am I going to like totally ruin my chances if I like follow up about this and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's just like, yeah, you got to kind of put that stuff in the back of your head sometimes and just say like, Okay, you know what? If somebody doesn't like me, they'll just tell me to fuck off. And and there there's a pretty like easy answer to this stuff. It 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 takes more energy from people to kind of dance around about this shit and avoid committing either way Mm. than it does to just give a simple no. Um. So yeah, I know I know that it's scary to do that stuff, and I commend you for uh, for doing (laughs) it. So thank you. Thanks,
0: Jordan. Yeah, I can't take too much credit for it, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um. And did you happen to check our inbox today and see that lovely... I can't believe we ha- I can actually say this. We have fan art.
1: What? No! Are you haven't no. seen it? I, I have not. I don't think I've looked at that email in like a week probably. Oh. I've just been fucking... Honestly, I've been a little bit neglectful of uh, of of pod stuff this past two weeks
0: oh, or so. Oh my goodness, Jordan. I thought you had just marked it on red no. so that I could see it. Okay, let me no, pull no. it up. Um, so... Uh, so,
1: are you going to share it or should I be pulling up the Gmail? As um, well,
0: well, you can also pull it up. Um, her name is Susanna Klooster, um, and she sent us uh, this, this lovely drawing that she made of the two of us based on the graphic that we sometimes share on socials. And she put hyper focus on the positive at the top. And I answered her, and she said, Yes, yeah, you can absolutely use my sketch. For- Yo, See?
1: this is so good.
0: Susanna. Ah! Susanna. I know that was my response. I had goosebumps when I opened that. I thought you had already seen it. This is a nice surprise. No. We're doing this, like this we're This is amazing.
1: I uh, will will maybe have to include a little a little bit of the video for this or of the uh, of of a still or something. But I am just grinning ear to ear right now. This is fantastic. Yes, I can't. Wow,
0: <laughs> isn't that lovely?
1: That's so great. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I actually think. Um, I think that this person followed me on Twitter a little while ago. Um, I think I recognized the name, but like I said, I hadn't I hadn't been into the email for a little bit. So yeah, that is that is so fucking cool. I'm just I'm jazzed. I'm stoked. Susanna, <laughs> see
0: what you did today. You totally made Jordan's morning, and I already have my goosebumps, and now he's getting his goosebumps and smiling ear to ear. It's so nice, yeah. Um, and yeah, it is it's so nice. Literally fan art. Like I never would have thought, right? It's kind of cool.
1: You know what? I was actually, I did think that this would happen at some point. I was like, just, just sheer odds. At some point, we're going to get enough listeners that somebody out there will want to do some fan art because I've seen like, you know, a lot of, a lot of friends podcasts, if they got a certain amount of audience or whatever, they will get that kind of stuff from time to time. And I was like, it's gonna happen at some point and i'm gonna be so fucking stoked when i get it uh because yeah. yeah that's just that's just about the most flattering thing i can think of um mm-hmm. just just taking taking some time out of your day mm-hmm. for no reward other than a thank you uh to to you know do something that um shows us how you know that, that, that we're bringing value to your life in some way so yeah susanna thank you that's fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so we'll be definitely be putting that up on our socials and uh, we'll put it up on patreon and like let people see and yeah i just think it's it's yeah. so lovely that you did that susanna we're just so grateful um and um yeah i'm glad that you're that you're getting value like like jordan said out of the show and that yeah it just means so much it means so much that people will
1: mm-hmm. like that
0: susanna has done this that she's taken the time to to create this for us um yeah new profile picture it's super
1: cool I'm going to I'm going to um we'll just go three brags in a row there. So we've got okay. a a Robbie brag, a Robbie and Jordan brag and I'll just do a Jordan brag. Um so something that I'm really excited about that uh I can probably talk about it. Um I'm doing as of uh yesterday uh Started some work that I've had kind of in the pipeline for a few months now, but basically doing um, some wardrobe work for uh, a film that's shooting here. Um, So I'm doing doing the costume design and wardrobe stuff for this, uh, this local sci-fi film. So, you know, it's a paid gig with a credit.
0: Jordan, um, that's huge. Yeah, so
1: so I'm I'm really stoked about that. Uh, So, yeah, I'm just kind of. Putting together ideas right now mm. and then going to gonna, gonna kind of pitch all that stuff to the director later this week. Oh, so, my
0: God. Yeah. Jordan, congratulations. That's amazing. Um, who's you. the director, if you mind? Just somebody I know?
1: Uh, it might be. He's a, a guy named um, – uh, oh, shoot. Why can't I remember his last name right now? Uh, oh, my <laughs> God. This is so embarrassing, and I'm for sure going to fucking edit it out. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> What is Nick's last name? Haywood. So Nick Haywood, who is someone I know through the Kinkanots, and he's Mm. also a, um, uh, what do you call it? Not Sif, not Cuff. um, Mm. Chaos. No, is it Chaos? It's it's something to do with like M-Media and that kind of like filmmaker and animation kind of Mm. crew around that space. But I can't, I can't remember right now um which which groups he's involved in. But he did uh he did he started in a thing a number of years ago um that was like a kind of homage to like 80s sci-fi action films um called the Cybernauts, P S Y B E N and um, and yeah, and so so like I said, he's he's someone that I've known for a little bit. Uh we do uh a Star Trek improv group together. <laughs> I love it. So we obviously uh you know have this kind of lens on each other's knowledge of sci-fi already. So, hmm. but yeah, so, so I'm excited to kind of uh, start that. And, and again, I'm just like, eventually, hopefully I'll have enough uh, small income streams to, you know, be able to cobble together a living. So <laughs> Oh, Jordan,
0: I'm just so happy for you. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, I've often thought that working like in costume design and film would be really, really interesting and um, because you don't necessarily have to, be as involved in production and you don't necessarily have to be there at six and leave at nine. (laughs) So the hours aren't quite as grueling. Right.
1: Well, and and you get to do different things too. Like Mm. I, um, so one day I was rooting around at Value Village and saw a woman in an IATSE hat, uh, which is the like
0: Mm -hmm. production
1: side, uh, union. And so I was just kind of asking her, like, oh, are you like a set designer or like a props handler or whatever? And yeah, and she was just going out and like sourcing um items for this set that they were doing for the show that she was working on. And I was like, you know, that's that's kind of cool. Like not only am I am I getting paid to go and just like do the thing that I'm gonna be doing anyway, mm-hmm. like rooting around at Value Village for shit. Um, but yeah, but I but I get to like have uh have a higher purpose in doing nice (laughs) yeah wow
0: i'm so happy for you um yeah it's amazing it's gonna be cool yeah so this this week's episode has taken a decidedly upbeat turn compared to last week's sorrowful kind of
1: i feel like the last month or so of you know it's not like we've been weeping on on (laughs) on the zoom call the whole time but it's definitely been rough i've been at the at at best tired and in kind of a low energy spot so
0: (laughs) it's it's nice to feel like things are kind of turning a corner for both of us so i'm really grateful Mm -hmm. um and do you happen to have uh the patreon folks um to thank, too. yeah. So,
1: speaking of gratitude, we would like to thank who am I forgetting?
0: Ah, uh, shit, I don't know.
1: Damn it. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of, of uh, people who are, are making it matter and making it, dip- this is a fucking shitty <laughs> setup. Let's try this again. Um, what was my original segue? I had a really good one on the speaking back. Of of what you said just speaking
0: of grateful, speaking of gratitude,
1: right? Thank you. Speaking of gratitude, uh, Robbie and I would like to extend ours to Dave, Jill, Paige, Brianna, and Lindsay, our patrons over on patreon.com slash holy shit I have ADHD for as, where for as little as a dollar a month. Um, you can get access to uh, transcripts of the show, um, there's a space to discuss every episode mini Um, and there's going to be things including Robbie's discovery essay that she just talked about there that will be coming on to the Patreon soon. If you want to kick us, uh, kick us some money, we would not be mad about that at all. In fact, um, Mm -hmm. our Patreon earnings from the last three months will, I'm not, this isn't what I'm spending them on, but they will cover my $113 plane ticket to come to Vancouver. Mm. So, you know, this stuff actually does make a concrete material difference in our lives. So Thank you again, uh, Dave, Jill, Paige, Brianna, and Lindsay.
0: Yes, thank you so much, everyone. Um, we're absolutely delighted uh, for for your support, and it really does mean uh, so much to us. And like Jordan said, it might not seem like a lot, but it does make a difference, especially with both of us absolutely. being in financial precarity. <laughs> um, yay! Okay, we'll see you soon.
1: If you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media.
0: A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at guessed it holy shit i have adhd at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes bye for now and hyper focus on the positive